It's time for Spotlight on KRWC. It's our first Tuesday of the month, and each first Tuesday, we talk with District 877 Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Scott Thielman, who joins us here today. Scott, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Good to be on with you. Nice to have you back. Uh, Getting a little better uh, weather here, although this morning was a little dicey there for a while. It was. I was out driving the roads uh, this morning about um, 4.45 and actually drove by KRWC on part of my um, morning morning drive. And uh, some spots had um, water on the, on the roads and some had um, some ice. And so um, I think everybody in the whole state just ran as a normal start time, but it was an uh, interesting, interesting drive this morning. Yeah, a little bit of uh, precip there in the afternoon, a little rain followed by some snow. Hopefully we'll uh, dry out here today. So, Yeah, yeah. That's, the sun is out, so I think it'll, once it starts warming up, it'll really come off pretty quickly. We've got a few topics to talk about today. I know you wanted to uh, start with some comment on some new board officers. Yeah, the last uh, last month when we spoke, um, the organizational meeting was to happen on January 9th, and um, they elected new officers and had committee assignments established. And our um, our officers going into the 2003 um, year calendar year uh, is uh, it remains our chair uh, uh, um, Melissa Brings remains our chair. Um, we have a new vice chair, um, Bob Sansevier, is, is uh, taking on that role. And then um, we have a new clerk, and that's Adam Bjorklin is our clerk. And then a new treasurer is Amanda Lawrence. Um, so our act, And then our acting chair clerk, we've always had um, someone act in those um, roles if the clerk or treasurer are unable to attend the meeting is Sue Lee. So congratulations to our new officers for the um, 2023 uh, calendar year. And um, we look forward to uh, Chair Brings' uh, continued leadership and the new leadership roles that uh, Mr. Bjorklin, Mr. Sansevier, and Ms. Lawrence uh, take on. So congratulations to them. I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners in case um, they hadn't seen that. That'll be uh, highlighted in the um, the Insider article um, or the Insider uh, newsletter that'll be coming out. I believe this week. Um, so we wanted to. I wanted to highlight that, and and then also um, the district um, um, really appreciated. Um, uh, Ms. Laura Lin, uh, Barta Lindquist, who served the district for 22 years, and she stepped down. And um, we have a new communications coordinator. Uh, Laura did a phenomenal job, and we welcome um, Mr. Paul Downer as our new communication uh, coordinator, our next uh, communications coordinator. Um, Paul. Um, most recently served as the communications coordinator and administrative assistant to the superintendent for the last five years. Um, and then prior to that, he was, um, prior to being in Delano schools, 
he was the managing editor for the Annandale Advocate and uh, the community editor um, for EMC's publishers in Waconia before working for Annandale. Um, we, uh, he was in Annandale from 2013 to 2017, and then he was with um, um, EMC or ECM publishers in Waconia from 2007 to 2013. Um, Paul was uh, an outstanding candidate, and he's already hit the ground running and um, uh, began in uh, in January on the 9th, and um, actually before then, um, he was already um, starting with the district, and we just uh, really are excited to have him here. Um, he knows BHM schools because he graduated from um, Buffalo High School, in 2003, so it's great to have him back in um, in the schools, and uh, he brings his experience from Delano, and then also a unique experience uh, being uh, the managing editor for the Annandale Advocate to um, to Buffalo um, Buffalo Hanover Montrose Schools. So, congratulations to Paul and. Um, as I said, it, he's our next communications coordinator, and we're really happy to have him. It's a big role, especially in today's multimedia and multifaceted uh, communications. Uh, you got a lot of different things to manage here. He certainly does, and the Insider Newsletter is just one of those things, but it's um, um, social media, and then it's also marketing, and it's also um, being out in the schools and, and um, assisting the, and and telling our story to to our residents so that they can be proud of the things that are occurring in Buffalo Hanover Matra schools. Very good. We've talked uh, many times about uh, happenings at the legislative session. Of course, uh, since we last talked, the uh, new session underway. Uh, a lot of things have been moving pretty quickly there. Uh, I'm sure you're watching uh, and uh, listening for cues from uh, what might happen as far as a number of different topics that could um, result in some uh, funding changes for education. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, we knew that, uh, and I said this in the last um, um, time we spoke uh, at the beginning of January, that the governor had talked about um, his commitment to education and fully funding public schools. And um, we actually... Um, uh, in the in our newsletter, I'm, I've I've talked about a little bit of this um, because we um, we always want to know you know what exactly is fully funding schools and how does the governor define that? Um, does he mean that he's going to fully fund the special education deficit is uh, funding deficit? Does he mean that he's going to annually increase the per pupil? funding, a general education funding, um, and then by how much, because every year we're always waiting um, until the, um, I guess the technical term would be the first Monday after the third Saturday in May, because that's when the session technically ends. And um, really wondering, um, are they actually going to make a, a commitment to this? and um, and and you know tie it to inflation, 
Um, the governor is proposing his budget was due to be out on January 24th. And so he is producing uh, or uh, proposing to reduce the special education funding deficit by 50% and then increase the general education per pupil formula by 4% in the first year of the biennium and 2% the second year. Um, and just to put some of this into perspective, the 4% increase for uh, BHM schools is about $275 per student in general education uh, funding. And then the additional um, special education funding that he's proposing would um, reduce the, the deficit by approximately $555 per student, which is great news. Um, but we also have to recognize that it it's not fully funding um, education because if, if they did, they would, uh, the governor's budget would address the cumulative effect, uh, impact that inflation has had on districts. Um, the Minnesota Department of Education has provided inform, uh, information regarding inflation and how it has impacted um, schools across the state over the last 20 years. And if you take a snapshot and look at it, um, in the last 20 years, um, schools are underfunded by $1,263 per student, or they're underfunded by 18.4%. Um, and then you take a look at the special education funding deficit, and that's grown to over $780 million on an annual basis, which is the equivalent of uh, $824 per student, and it's still growing. Um, if you take a, an example of BHM um, Buffalo Hannah Romancho's uh, special education deficit, funding deficit, it's approximately $6.582 million annually. So that's about $1,111 per student. So, again, to, to bring this back, when, when we take a look at the impact that school districts face each year, um, you can look at, you know, the governor is proposing a $275 per pupil increase. Um, that, would be, that would be great, you know, and if we looked at how that impacts um, the uh, inflation Pressures that uh, the the that have occurred over the last 20 years, um, we'd still be underfunded by uh, about 980 to 8 dollars per pupil. And then you take a look at the increase in um, per pupil funding um, for special education, which is that deficit. Um, uh, even if you increase it 555 dollars per student still have a $556 per pupil deficit. So when you take a look at that, um, even getting the increase, we're still, um, when, you, when you take a look at inflation, would still leave uh, a deficit of $1,544 per student for the BHM school district. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about this to show that all the rhetoric out there that touts fully funding um, schools is really um, 
a fallacy because it's not fully funding school districts. Um, we're fortunate in BHM School District to have an operating referendum, which was passed in 2019, of um, $750 per pupil. And, you know, if you take a look at uh, the $750 per pupil, um, if you take that off of the, the $1,500 um, per pupil uh, deficit, so we would reduce that deficit, it would still mean that we're underfunded by $794 per pupil. Now, um, if the community didn't support that $750 um, operating referendum moving forward, um, it would have detrimental effects on the daily operations of our, of our school districts. So um, it's critically important, and we truly appreciate that, that support that we've had. Um, but that's, that was a five-year levy, and um, uh, not all communities have that. As I said, we're lucky in BHM School District to have that. Um, but really, we're talking about a $1,500 deficit per pupil, and that hasn't been addressed in, in many years. And then you take and compound on top of that is um, just managing our facilities um, and making sure that um, we can maintain um, our, um, our, our buildings and our equipment. Uh, the last time we had an operating referendum um, passed, uh, I believe that was in 2014. Um, it was in 2014. The community allowed us to make improvements in replacing roofs and replacing air conditioning and heating units and repairing the exterior and interior of buildings, um, changing entries to some of the elementary schools um, to improve student and staff safety and creating uh, efficient use of outdoor facilities out at the high school, as well as an investment in technology uh, infrastructure. That has been um, wonderful. Um, but uh, as I said, Mother Nature doesn't, and time do not stop wreaking havoc on the structure. So um, in our building, in our school district alone, between the six elementaries and the middle school, high school, um, and, and our um, pride building. Um, the ages range from 17 years to 115 years old. And um, we have to regularly maintain um, the infrastructure and um, the, the structures of those buildings. And um, we continually look at that with our director of buildings and grounds, Mr. John Heltonen. And um, he helps us uh, um, determine those needs moving forward. So I share all of this, not uh, the financial information, not to cause alarm, but just to help people understand the reality that school boards and, and superintendents, administrators face um, on an annual basis. So it's it, the... the the conversation is great, and we appreciate the governor um, talking about um, providing more funding for education. We also know that the House and Senate are um, 
committed to um, public education. We will not know their targets until the February forecast, which comes out at the end of this month, and then they are putting out their budgets, um, their budget targets from the House and Senate, and that'll happen in that first week of March. So we'll know a little bit more then, um, because the the board um, adopted some um, assumptions um, already, and they didn't take into consideration everything that the governor had said, because we really don't know um, uh, exactly what what um, will come our way, but we do have some of the federal and state um, COVID pandemic um, support funds, um, and the board had made a decision in January. Um, if we if we look at our enrollment and um, the inflationary impacts on the budget, the board would have been faced uh, with cutting over 18 teachers. They're going to keep all of those uh, teachers in place. Um, which equates to lower class sizes for for our um, uh, parents and our students, um, which is um, wonderful. Um, we're hearing that the predicted fund balance or uh, surplus in the state might grow to close to $18 billion, um, by the end of this month. So we're anticipating those those numbers, but then we'll also hear what the House and Senate have for in, uh, for their targets, and um, we also know that national politics can play into this. Also, um, we're hearing that the the budget cap um, might not be increased. Well, then, what kind of um, action or impact will that have on on the financial markets and um, and our economy? So. Um, all of those things come into play. The board is balancing that. Myself and our director of finance and operations, Mr. Ryan Tang, and, and um, we want to make sure that what we um, have can be uh, have as a budget, and uh, that all has to be finalized um, by June 30th. Um, even though we have to uh, make staffing decisions well before that, and usually. Well, it it has been in my 21 years as a superintendent. Had to make those decisions before the legislature um, adjourns the the session. So when we look at that, we're taking all those pieces into consideration for um, budget projections and assumptions, and um, we move forward. Now, hopefully, there'll be good news, um, and um, and we'll we'll know more when we talk at the first week of March. Right. So basically, uh, even if the the governor's budget goes forward as proposed, uh, as you're saying, there are still at least for District 877, some gaps there. Uh, Depending on the district, uh, those that maybe weren't in quite as much of a deficit situation might help a little more. Those that were in a little worse situation uh, it uh, still might be pretty grim for them too. Yeah, and it's it's really the 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 um, consumer price index. That's the inflationary impact over the last twenty years. That's out there at twelve, you know, one thousand two hundred sixty three dollars. The one, and that's consistent throughout the state. The one thing that is um, by district is the special education deficit because 
it's based on uh, a cap that the state has, and then it's based on the size of a district and the number of students that they um, um, provide services for. Um, and, and in our case, it's probably a, a, a bigger number than you might see in St. Michael or you might see in, um, in another school district. So that's the one variable. And in our case, it's six point. Uh, 5.82 million on an annual basis. It's not a one-time, it's every year. And so that's where these one-time investments, some, um, you know, the governor has proposed, uh, you know, uh, 750 or 730 in the first um, biennium and 840 million in the second biennium, and that's great. But there wasn't language that says that they're going to do this every year going forward. And you've heard me talk about this uh, Tim, we have been on this radio show with you for 13 <laughs> years now, and uh, cross-subsidy hasn't gone away. It actually has gotten worse, and it continues to get higher and higher. So, yeah, you're correct. That is the one variable that um, that districts would see. Superintendent Scott Tillman with us, uh, wrapping up here today with a few reminders. You've got a few things coming up this month. I do. Um, this... Um, this week, I want to uh, call out, uh, um, it's National School Counselor Week, so um, we recognizing our school counselors across the, across the nation, and we just uh, truly appreciate their, their diligence and making sure that our kids uh, have the courses that they need, and um, at the high school level, that um, they're on the path that um, once they leave our buildings and, and um, cross this milestone that they're ready for the next. Um, and whether they're choosing the workforce, um, the, uh, the trades, technical colleges, or um, uh, a four-year college, we, want, uh, we thank the counselors for all of their efforts in making sure that our kids understand that as well as our parents. So we thank them. Um, I also want to rec- um, uh, call out um, our district-wide kindergarten registration night. In the past, we've had this on separate nights for um, for different uh, for elementary um, buildings, uh, elementary schools, and um, we decided uh, this year all the principals got together and decided to have one night. So if you know a neighbor or you know, um, make sure you're, if your grandchild is ready for kindergarten, we have kindergarten registration night at all the buildings on February 16th at 6 p.m. So district-wide kindergarten registration night at, uh, at uh, Northwinds, at uh, Tatanka Elementary School, Northwinds Elementary School, uh, Montrose School of Innovation, uh, Hanover Elementary School, Parkside Elementary School. Uh, Discovery is a little bit different uh, in that they um, they have a lottery, and so that's already been done. But at the um, the registration nights, um, I think um, even Discovery will have an overview of what parents can expect when um, their child enters kindergarten. So February 16th, we want to make sure that everybody knows about that, and uh, 6 p.m. Um, uh, district-wide meeting. I want to congratulate our One Act um, 
um, play uh, students as they again, once again, advance on to state. We've had a great tradition at uh, Buffalo High School of having our one-act um, play, um, and those students advance on to the state competition, and we congratulate them again this year. Um, and then just as a reminder, uh, there's no school. Uh, we have President's Day on February 20th, so there's no school. Um, and then we um, um, also, uh, as a reminder, are starting our third term or the second semester. So students um, finished up on January 26th and um, didn't have school on 27th and started the new semester on the 30th of January last week. So a lot going on, and um, we're proud of the students and, and staff as, as they um, continue to march forward. And, um, and uh, as a reminder, this month is Black History Month, and, and then also I Love to Read Month. Um, if you'd like to volunteer in a to read to an elementary class, um, we welcome that. And you can um, pick one of the, your neighborhood uh, elementary schools or give us a call and we'll direct you to one where you can um, read in an elementary class. All right. Sounds good, Scott. Well, the uh, time goes quickly here and we appreciate all your information. And we'll talk again in March, but we'll closely watch that legislative session with you uh, as well. Yeah, thank you, Tim. I appreciate the opportunity. We'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot. District 877 School Superintendent Dr. Scott Thielman, our guest on today's Spotlight on KRWC.